Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with Peggy Hoyt. Our goal is to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. For more information about creating a legacy for your pet or to listen to archive shows, visit AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Join your host, author, estate planning attorney, and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. Hello, pet lovers, and welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Bryan, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a not-for-profit organization dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. Today, I am proud to introduce to you our special guest. Her name is Jenna Landry. She is the founder and the executive director of the American Horse Project. Welcome to the show, Jenna. Thank you so much, Patty. I'm so grateful to be here with you. You are so welcome. Um, so tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself and your love for horses. <laughs> um, I think it was love at first sight. I started riding when I was, I don't know, maybe 10 or, or 8, 9 or 10. Um, and, you know, they've always just been such a sweet spot and wonderful, um, you know, to have that relationship with, with them. And I, um, I competed a bit as a youngster, but then, um, you know, I just, uh, did it for, um, recreation. Um, and so I, um, I founded the American Horse Project in 2016, um, after hearing about, um, you know, every, the, the, the slaughter issue, um, I had no idea how horrible um, and, you know, what actually happens to them. So I kind of went down this, this rabbit hole and, um, you know, needed to do something about it. So then I, um, you know, spent a couple of years researching everything and, and finding, a, you know, a real solution to get to the crux of the issue and not a blanket. And that's where we came up with the American Horse Project. And we believe that these um, projects um, can really get to solve the um, the base issue for slaughter. So um, it's not a happy topic, obviously, um, talking about horse slaughter, but um, give us a little bit of background on um, why we should care about this, because I bet you, Jenna, that most people may not even know what's going on. Well, I think that, I mean, you know, it's, it's not only, I mean, it's horrible what happens to to the animals um but it actually but their meat actually goes into our global food supply and it's actually toxic for human consumption so it, it not only clearly affects the horses but it, it it affects us all um anyone who eats meat um so would that be meat in general or horse meat in particular um both our food is no longer labeled with a country of origin so um, it's very hard to, um, you know, figure out where where the meat's coming from, A, and then so many things that we don't really want to know about are actually, you know, in our, in our food. Um, and there's been multiple, multiple accounts of um, horse meat being found in other meat products. Um, for example, like what? 
So um, there was a, um, a couple years ago, there was a big scandal with Ikea and their Swedish meatballs. They found um, horse meat in it. Um, and there, there's been several occasions where, um, you know, there's been horse meat found in uh, meat labeled otherwise. So we, okay. we don't slaughter horses, equines in the, within the U.S. We actually transport them to Mexico and Canada, where they're then um, processed for human consumption and, and sent around the world. And, and uh, so Japan is the only. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying that uh, Japan is is one of the only countries that actually takes exports live horses um, for for sushi, um, and they send them from Calgary and Alberta to Japan, and they're usually very very large draft horses put in a tiny tiny crate where their ears are you know popped up through the the um, the crate, and they're you know without food or water for. 14, 16 hours. So it's, it's really horrific. Um, I can only imagine because anybody who knows about horses at all knows how sensitive a horse's system is, number one. And number two, how sensitive they are just as individuals. Well, and they're not aeronautically, um, you know, designed for slaughter. Not that any animal is, but they're, they're especially because um, they're flight animals. So they, you know, uh, can see the largest eyes of any mammal. They, you know, can see, smell, um, sense. They're, you know, that's why they're such amazing uh, therapy animals because they're so incredibly intuitive. They really, really um, understand what's going on, unfortunately. Um, yes, so that is a tragedy in and of itself. And um, I think that maybe people aren't aware that it was a few years back that the United States banned um, equine slaughter. And I think the that was general. In 2007. Okay. Yeah. And so um, I think that people thought that because of that ban, that somehow all horses in the United States were protected. And yet that was just the opposite, that because now we don't have slaughter in this country, the horses are exported to other countries where we have no control over what happens. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the the last slaughter plants were, were I believe, in Kaufman, Texas, um, and they were Closed in 2007, but now, um, you know, they, they are just uh, taken from auction to auction um, from these folks called kill buyers, and they're put in these transport trucks, so they just go from feedlot to feedlot until they're ready to be exported, um, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's horrible conditions, um, you know, extreme heat, extreme cold, no water, um, injured horses being trampled, um, it's, it's just, it's, it's horrible. Um, so as a horse lover, you became aware of this situation and you said, we got to do something. And so the American Horse Project was born. And tell me what the, the mission of that organization is. So, um, you know, I, I come from a, a marketing communications and, uh, digital development background. So, um, you know, when I first learned and about the, you know, the, all of the, the, the horrible details. Um, I just, 
needed to do something about it. Um, so I, um, you know, put on, I remember it was a Cecil the Lion had happened. It was probably 2015, 2016. And, um, you know, and everybody collectively, globally was so just, you know, enamored with the story and just horrified. Um, so, you know, I was thinking, you know, like the horse is America's Cecil. Um, and, and just basically pitched out that story to a few media outlets and they picked it up. So I said, hmm, this shouldn't, why, you know, we can really do something here. Um, so that kind of brought me to, um, you know, developing our mission um, and it's to create um, innovative and comprehensive, you know, solutions-based approach. So really taking a, a, a business angle to solve the problem of the protection of American equines, which are horses, donkeys, mules, burrows with, within U.S. borders. Okay. So I like the motto, dedicated to the protection of equines, including all of those um, species that you mentioned within the United States borders. Yeah. And so how, how are we going to do that? What are some of the initiatives that you're working on? So I think, you know, with everything, I think general awareness is, is, is key um, understanding that you know this affects horses. It's also affect. It's a human health issue as well. Um, you know, transportation is a huge part of it because there are so many people. You see a horse that you you know love, fall in love with on Facebook or you know any of these other social platforms, and it's nine thousand miles away somewhere, right? M meanwhile, there could be a rescue next to you, like five miles away, with you know a, a perfect horse. Um, so transportation is a huge thing. Um, and, uh, you know, we're putting together, we're building out a national directory of all the rescues um, so that you can find an available horse that fits what you need um, within, uh, you know, geographic proximity, um, as well as finding, um, you know, thera therapeutic riding facilities um, that are close to you. So that, that's in development right now. Um, you know, because there's, there's so many amazing people with, at the rescues that are the boots on the ground doing all the hard work. So they don't really have a ton of time to, um, you know, to essentially market the horses um, because adopting one horse, it provides space for another horse. So it really helps too. Um, so, so that's something that we think is going to um, be, be a game changer. Um, another thing is um, equine training and retraining. So, um, you know, there's horses come off the, the tracks at two, three, four, or five, um, if that, and, you know, they're, they're ready for their second career. They're not ready for slaughter. So um, working with um, racetracks and therapy um, and companionship. I mean, we've known now, we've heard the stories over and over again of, of um, you know, veterans just becoming, you know, and, and children just, you know, or, or anyone, um, you know, being around a horse, it just totally changes their entire outlook. Um, and, you know, and that, that, that is called EAT, which is Equine Assisted Activities and Therapies. Um, so <clears throat> a horse um, has the same, when, you know, someone who has a spinal issue, when they're on a horse, they actually feel like they're walking because they have the same rhythm. So it's, 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 it's magic to see, um, you know, people transform by their interaction with equines. Um, and then another one that we have is affordable gelding and humane euthanasia clinics, where, um, you know, a lot of people can't afford to, to geld their animals. And, um, you know, that causes overbreeding and, 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 you know, the cycle that, that, that happens there. 
um, as well as humane euthanasia, where instead of dropping the horse off at auction, we would have um, a bunch of uh, you know partnerships with vet clinics where they could someone could have a you know no no questions asked. Here's the horse. You know, if, it's, if the vet checks it out and it's deemed that it needs to be euthanized, it will be euthanized. If not, then they um, we can then take in the horse and adopt it out. So those are just some of the, the things that we really think could be game changers. Well, and of course, right now, a lot of the horse rescues are really struggling um, to raise funds um, to take care of horses because obviously a horse is not like taking care of a cat. Um, they eat a no. lot more. They, you know, they, they just generally cost a lot more to take care of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, that. yeah. So, and I, and, you know, and people probably aren't even aware. I mean, I think they know intuitively that, you know, a 1200 pound animal costs a lot more to take care of than a 10 pound animal. Um, but maybe they don't understand the true differential. Um, do you have any of those numbers, um, Jenna, or can you just speak from experience? From from cost per horse? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually you should not be adopting or taking in a horse without having, you know, $2,400. I mean, you know, I mean, you could probably do it for 1200 but just, you know, shoes, dewormer, um, you know, uh, if it needs gelding, any floating their teeth. I mean, there's so many different, it's, it's really a case-by-case basis. I mean, hay, seed, grain, supplements, um, you know, the, the list goes on and on. So, um, you know, I, I guess maybe an average would be $2,400 um, to just for intake. Um, but, you know, I would, I would assume, you know, monthly over $600 and that's not even including board. I mean, right. if you're boarding an animal that can be as much as a New York city apartment. <laughs> so, sure. Absolutely. Depending um, on where you live in the country and uh, where you what are. kind of facilities exactly. you have. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yep. um, as you know, I have three, ho- three horses. Yep. So I, I certainly can appreciate um, the cost of a horse. And um, uh, fortunately, I can also say that all of my horses are adopted. Um, I have one mm-hmm. Bureau of Land Management Mustang, and then I have mm-hmm. two other rescued horses, um, one being a thoroughbred that never raced, but um, still ended up starved um, when somebody decided mm-hmm. to just leave their farm and leave all of the horses behind. Um, and then another was um, came to my sister, and I uh, took him off her hands because a gentleman had died without a plan for what to do for all of his horses. Um, so I think Which we're seeing so a lot of that. What you do, yeah, yeah. Because thank if you. People don't understand that they they horses live. I mean, I have a I've known some horses that are, have been in to fifty, um, you know, but usually I mean they can go well into their twenties, thirties. So you don't really realize you know, how, how they can outlive you um, and what the plan is for taking care of them because they're, it's not, you know, taking in another a kitten or, or a dog. <laughs> not at all. And like any adoption, um, that adoption should be for life. And that should be mm-hmm. a commitment that um, a person makes. And, and I think far too often we um, adopt animals, um, whether it's dogs, cats, or horses, um, with more of a short-term mind frame, um, that, you know, we'll do this for a while. I get 
I get phone calls and emails and Facebook messages every week about somebody who has passed away or who can no longer afford to take care of their horses. Mm -hmm. And, and can I, you know, recommend a rescue that might be able to take this animal. And the reality is that the rescues are really pushed to the limit and most rescues don't take owner surrendered horses. Um, And that might sound a little harsh, but there's so many horses out there that need homes and care um, that they, they honestly, they just, if you can't afford to take care of your horse, what makes you think a rescue can afford to take care of your horse? Exactly. And especially at time like now, I mean, it's, it's just very difficult um, in this, you know, economic um, downturn, um, you know, with just, just the cost of, of everything. Um, so we, we are seeing a spike in, in horses that are, you know, not being, being neglected, um, not even out of, um, you know, just out of sheer unavailability of funds. Sure. And resources. Now I'm happy to say on the positive side, I haven't had any difficulty getting access to feed or hay or supplements or veterinary care. Um, or, or hoof care. So all of those things have, um, fortunately, knock on wood, um, still not been problematic um, for me. But I'm sure that others may be having issues. And certainly, if you've lost your job or um, your financial situation has changed dramatically, um, you may be questioning all of your expenses. And unfortunately, um, your horse might be at the top of that list. So, um, organizations like yours that may be able to provide guidance for people in um, rehoming or rescue organizations, or if a person is interested in adopting a horse, um, I'm with you. I say adopt first. I mean, whether it's a dog, Mm -hmm. a cat, or a horse, always better to um, go the adoption route. Um, That way, too, you pretty Mm -hmm. much know what you're getting, right? Um, Yeah. Unless you're crazy enough to adopt a foal. Um, which would be a young horse, um, which I have done. So I, I've been on that crazy train. Um, but it is nice to adopt an older horse that maybe has mm-hmm. some history of training and love and, you know, uh, isn't isn't just going to be an unknown quantity. So um, and, and they truly are so grateful. I mean, they really you could just see when when they are adopted, it's just the change in their eyes. It's, it's pretty incredible. Um, you know, they, they know they understand. Um, and that's kind of, you know, the majesty of the horse is that they're just so incredibly intuitive. And, um, you know, the bond with a horse is just like nothing else. Could not agree more. And one of my horses, her name is Heaven. And she was adopted, and she was the starvation case that I was mentioning. But um, she is very grateful. Whenever I deliver her food, I get a little chorus of thank yous. She she neighs very uh, encouragingly, like, hurry up with that, Mom. Um, but it also sounds like thank you. So I'm, I'm happy for that. And I'm happy that she, you know, doesn't ever have to worry about where her next meal is coming from. Um, and I try to remind her of that sometimes if she's being naughty. Um, but that would They're be typical allowed. for, I know, they have their moments like <laughs> animals. And, uh, 
she uh, she doesn't always remember that uh, I took her out of a bad situation. But um, so tell us how we can help, um, Jenna. Well, I mean, we would, um, you know, any we at the American Horse Project dot org, we have um, the opportunity to donate to to hay to transportation to our to our gelding funds. Um, and we're really hoping to get our directory out in the next, um, you know, six months. And we think this will really be a game changer for all the not only um, people who are looking to adopt horses, but also for um, rescues and sanctuaries and, and, and anyone that, and, and therapy centers where everybody will be accredited. They'll, um, it'll be, you know, a beautifully intuitive, intuitive um easy to use from a front end back end perspective uh, website um, and you know a place that we everything everybody will be certified so you know that you're actually adopting from a verified rescue and um, you know we're, we're very very excited in, about what we're building well that they all of the initiatives sound wonderful and um, is there something more we should know about the homes for horses coalition no, they're a wonderful organization, um, and they they provide um, you know uh, again the opportunity to um, find all the available rescues throughout the country as well. Okay, good to know. Um, well, I know that you are incredibly busy with um, your full time career and your career as the founder of American Horse Project. And we appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule to talk to us today and to share what's going on in the world of horses. Um, fortunately for me, I could talk ho about horses all day, every day. And um, so I appreciate you taking the time, Jenna, to talk to us today about this. And um, we hope that uh, the listeners will check out the American, it's actually AmericanHorseProject.org and uh, find out the ways that you can help either through donation or volunteering. And thank you, Jenna. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Really, really grateful for this time. Well, you are so welcome. And so for our listeners, thank you for joining us today on All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt. Our guest today was Jenna Landry with AmericanHorseProject.org. If you want more information, you can visit their website. You can also find us on social media, Facebook at All My Children Wear Fur Coats, Twitter at Kids in Fur Coats. And we'll be here each and every week to share with you some new and interesting facts about the animal world. And you know my personal motto. It is, until there are none, please adopt one. And we'll see you next week. Happy tales. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tales!